Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back ain't better than ever. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. And away we go on a wonderful Wednesday. Baseball playoffs are upon us. We've got plenty to say. NFL season at the quarter pole. There's lots to get to. Two legendary coaches in complicated situations. And Aaron is speaking it all into existence. All that, a whole lot more. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. Well, the place we will start today is with football because Jeff Saturday and Kimberly Martin are good enough to hang out after we wrap up Get Up Today. Of course, ESPN Radio is your home for every pitch of the baseball postseason. And when Hembo rejoins us here in a couple of minutes, we'll dive into all of that. But Kmart and Jeff are here. And the most interesting thing that was said in the world of sports yesterday to me was said by Aaron Rodgers when he went on Pat McAfee and basically, as he did two weeks ago, left the door wide open, not a crack. He left the door wide open to the possibility that he will do what has previously been thought was impossible, and that is come back during a season after suffering a torn Achilles. Jeff, are you buying it? I actually am buying it. And, and listen, I know there's a long way to go, and I'm not saying it can't be a setback and all kinds of things, but I will say watching Cam Akers uh, from the Rams do it a few years back with, a, with an Achilles, and now you've got a quarterback who's played – nearly two decades in the NFL. He knows what's going to be required of his body to get back up there. Um, and he's got enough He got enough in him to, to want to show the world that he can do something that nobody thought was possible. I, I think that that fuels a guy like Aaron Rodgers. And so um, I'm not going to write it off yet. I think, you know, he's walking, or you saw him in that little, um, with his crutches, he was in a, in a boot, not in a boot, but in like just a regular shoe as he was walking on the sideline. So he's making progress. I know for fans of the Jets, like yourself, Greeny, it's the hope of all hopes. So now we just got to hope that Zach Wilson plays good enough to keep him in it. That, that's the point here, Kmart, is that the kid played well last week. Mm-hmm. He goes into a huge game. For, for people around the NFL, I don't know how much people around the country are into this part of the storyline, but I feel like this is an, an overwhelmingly significant game for the Jets. They have a game against Philly the following week. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to suggest they can't win that, but it certainly seems right. unlikely. We have talked so much, even before Aaron Rodgers got hurt, about this gauntlet they had at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. I've said over and over again, they have to get to 2-4. and four. I would have loved 3-3. Three and three. That New England game is going to stick in your craw, yep. yeah. but you got to get to 2-4 and four to give yourself a chance. This week gives them that chance. Add in the extra motivation that Sean Payton gave with his ridiculous dissertation slamming, among other things, Nathaniel Hack Mm-hmm. who's now there and then the most important of it all is can Zach Wilson stack another good game on top of the one he played the other night if there's ever a defense to do it against that's right it's this Denver defense right mm-hmm. now Kmart I feel like everything hangs in the balance this weekend yeah and you hate to make a week five matchup that big but it is that big uh, I tweeted before the Kansas City Chiefs game what if the Jets go out there you and did. shock the world you did what if I... they go out there and you know what they did uh, this team is talented. The problem is that we're talking about uh, on Get Up about Zach Wilson. This is the same roster essentially that he had last year. He had moments to show I get it and I can be the guy that you think I am. And he didn't do that. The difference to me now is Aaron Rodgers is here. His, his idol, the guy he wanted to his NFL career to sort of be like, he wants to be Aaron. I think having Aaron here, having a game like he had last week, you saw it. You saw it all come together. And then you saw that w- the way it ended, you're like, and that's Zach Wilson. Right. Uh, but I'm hoping, I said on Get Up, I hope 
he's entering his villain era. I hope Zach Wilson is angry about that, that how he played. And I hope he gets that so many things hang in the balance. Like, this is about your career, bro. This is about your teammates. They, these guys have stuck by you in, in ways that, honestly, some could argue they shouldn't have. Because you haven't lived up to your potential. And instead, I think they have an opportunity for Zach Wilson to go out here and again prove on the road against this Denver team that, yeah, we can stack good days. Like, it's not just glimpses. It's not just flashes of me being a good player. But I can be that guy consistently because that's what the Jets need. Forget about Aaron Rodgers for a second. For the hope of Aaron Rodgers to even matter – Zach Wilson has to do his job. That's right. Now, there and will be no second in which we forget me, about Aaron Rodgers, but I appreciate the thought. Let me, let me right, say this. Right, like, like, right. Uh, Robert Sala, if, if this thing works out and, and um, Zach Wilson plays even decent for the next few weeks or whatever, and they hold it in, irrespective of how the season turns out with Aaron coming back, Robert Sala is the one that held this team together. Like, he's the one who put his neck out for Zach Wilson because, Kimberly, as you were saying, like, the teams, that they, they didn't stick by that. These dudes were ready to move on. They were ready to move on last year. Like they're, they're making up shirts to move on, right? <laughs> like, but Robert Sala, for, for all that, you know, he has talked about receipts and all kinds of things that this guy has, he does a he, – he is not afraid to take a stand, and he did take a stand for Zach Wilson. That would be the guy, you know, if you're Zach Wilson thanking somebody, hey, man, th- I appreciate you riding with me because – he, I, I he's really the do. public face of like yeah, Zach is here for a reason. Yes. Yeah. And, he's and, the Roger. Right. He's the Roger Goodell of the Jets organization, right? He's going to stand up and take all the arrows and take all the you know people mocking him and, and laughing at him and, and and he just takes it on the chin. Come on, man. And and that you know you hope that Zach Wilson plays well enough uh, to to earn some of that that he has done because Salah did, man. He, he I mean Greeny was ready to write off the whole organization. Oh, Greeny right? did like, write him was, off. Well, the reality ready. is the organization really, didn't write also back. Didn't though. have a choice. Well, what was Salah going to say? Okay. Yeah, I see it. Right. He stinks, but we have nowhere better to go. Right. Well, I mean, he hung in there. Let's hope that it works out yeah. well. Look, don't get me into a negative yeah. place here today. I'm in a positive <laughs> place. Positive. I'm manifesting positivity. A greeting nice? on ESPN Radio. You can also listen on the ESPN app or Sirius XM Channel 80. Next order of business. We had a very interesting conversation this morning, I thought, on TV. And we actually did a lot of it in our, our pre-show meeting today. With the Cowboys going to San Francisco Sunday night and, and what I think is, to this point, the biggest game of the NFL sure. season. Yeah. And we were talking about teams that just have each other's number. Yeah. And, Jeff, you brought this up. Jeff Saturday was on so many great Colts teams. And I always envision that rivalry be, being between you and the Patriots. Right. Mm-hmm. But there was one team you said that just for whatever reason always had your number. Yeah, the San Diego Chargers. For for whatever reason, they just matched up really well against us. They always played their best football. I mean, they could go out and, and play really poorly the weeks before. And for whatever reason, man, we came to town or they came to our place, uh, their game just elevated. And, it, and it's matchups. You know, you see how defenses match up with your offense. Um, they always turned us over a lot. You know, got a lot of interceptions. They could do a good job of stopping the run. They had a real uh, stout defensive front uh, they could run the ball really well even when it was Turner you know burner Turner would take that thing to the house and then obviously Tomlinson early before that but it, it is there's something about matchups that I tell people it's not just looking at the rosters do we have good play? everybody's got good players and and you know we're going to win 12 or 13 games they're going to win a lot of games but at some point when you match up like we matched up better with the Patriots and with the Ravens than for some reason against the Chargers and that your hope if you're a Cowboys fan you're hoping that's not the case but the last two years, you know, they, they have gotten you and knocked you out of the playoffs, and that's what the Chargers did to us. 07-08, they, at one time, they were, I think they were a nine-game,
game, uh, you know, winning you know, nine games for the for the yeah, season. They were nine and seven, and we're thirteen and something. And we go out yeah. there and lose. That's I mean, right. you know what I mean? We, that's the longest. That was a legendary ever. game, by the way. That was the punter game. The, yes. the punter destroyed you. That was the game where in overtime, Peyton never got the ball, that's and they right. changed the rule. Yep. They, they changed the rule to needing a touchdown to end a that's playoff right. game in overtime. That's right. Because of that, because yeah. Peyton Manning, the league's most popular player on a thirteen and three team, never got the ball yeah. in that overtime. The so punter did. It's unbelievable. He beat like, you by himself. He, yeah, yeah. He put the ball on the two yard every time. It was brutal. I remember oh. the game vividly. <laughs> but but so spinning that to this. Like, do the Niners just have the Cowboys' number? How important psychologically is it, in particular for Dak Prescott, to play big this week? It, it, it's enormous because their styles are so different. Like, when you think about the, the Cowboys, you think about a team who wants to go put up numbers offensively and then pin their ears back defensively, rush the passer, attack quarterbacks, strip sacks, fumble sacks, interceptions, that type of thing. The, the, the 49ers, they just bludgeon you, right? I mean, they, they just they want to line up. They want to play in between the tackles. They want to dump the ball off, you know, to McCaffrey. And they have explosive plays, you know, whether it's Samuel or Ayuk or Kittle. They have so many playmakers on the outside that if they need a big play, they have it. Purdy has played lights out. He doesn't get nearly enough credit for what he's doing. And so I do think stylistically this is a very difficult game for the Cowboys. And I, I said this on Get Up, and I believe this. Their defense – has to because this isn't the same team that only gave up 19 points last year in the playoffs. This offense for the 49ers is much better right now than they were at the end of last year. They're, the the Cowboys defense is going to have to hold serve and give the Cowboys offense some 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 strikes at this thing um, so they can stay in this game. Otherwise, I think it could get ugly. Came out. You, know, you mentioned the psycho- psychology piece of it. I think there's also psychology from the 49ers perspective. Even if they trail in this game at some point, yeah. it's like we've beaten these guys before. This is a 49ers team that I was there in the NFC Championship game. They went through four quarterbacks and almost reached the Super Bowl. That's right. Like, that to me is a psychological advantage. And you have Kyle Shanahan. This isn't just on Dak. This is on Mike McCarthy Mm -hmm. versus Kyle Shanahan. This is defense. I I think the Cardinals game was the one aberration. But I I agree with you, Jeff, to the standpoint of, like, the the defense has to show up as well. Absolutely. And when you think of the 49ers – who do you stop? Like, when you look at the Cowboys, it's like, okay, you got CeeDee Lamb. Right. You got Brandon Cooks. And, da- like, pressure Zach, Dak. And I, I think that it's easier to, to, to limit what the Cowboys can do. That's the problem with the 49ers. They can hit you. A mo- they got a lot of moves. And they're physical. And they, uh, they but, are physical. And, and their and offensive Caffrey. players loved they, yeah. Like, Kittle. Yeah. He they bodied like you. It. And yeah. let me tell you, no one gives this. This defense is, like, number three in the NFL. But, like, Wagner, he's probably the best Mike oh, backer Fred in Wagner. the game, yeah. right? They have pass rushers with his bows. Like, they have guys at every level of defense. Mm-hmm. And they play physical. Like, these guys aren't just finesse. I'm going to make a break on the ball. These dudes want to run through you. And I'm just telling you, that is a different. That is not every team in the NFL. There are certain teams that like the noise more than others. Mm-hmm. And, and the 49ers, that's what they exude. It's the same for me for the Eagles, right? Those two teams, they like that style of football. It's not always about the numbers for them. They want to play physical, and that's the part that I think the Cowboys have to match from a psyche perspective is can you go – because that's what we had to do with New England. Like when I was when I was with Indy, New England would come in, they would play this slow-style <laughs> game. But let me tell you, when we started running the rock at them, and we started winning every time we played them, right? It, we, we like split it. 
That's the type of thing that you, you have to switch the mindset of how are we going to play as a team. That's where the Cowboys have to make strides this weekend. All right, one more thing. Kmart, I need you to um, make something happen for me. In fact, I'm going to try and put together a committee <laughs> to make this happen. And if you I have time in your is. busy schedule, mm-hmm. I would like you to chair this committee. Mm-hmm. we got to get Justin Fields out of Chicago. Here's what I will tell you. People always say to me, Greeny, have you seen him do this? Have you seen him do that? I'm not suggesting that his um, – his lot in life was to be the greatest quarterback that ever lived. I'm saying I recognize when someone has no chance and they are going to ruin him permanently. Mm -hmm. The rest of the season is going to be so ugly in Chicago. They're going to get obliterated tomorrow night by a good and physical commander's team. And then they'll have this by maybe they're going to fire their coaches. Maybe they're not. Mm. But one way or another, they're clearly going to move on at quarterback next year. They're they're, They have, they right now haven't a clue. I, I can't, Imagine, I just, can't fathom how bad things just are. Just picture if Justin Fields had ended up in San Francisco. Get him out of oh. there. If, if, Ima- if they had drafted him, yes, correct, go. It just, it, it's really about, it's not about, I always tell rookies, like guys coming out of the draft, don't pray to go number one. Pray to go to a stable organization that is well run yeah. because that will dictate the course of your NFL career. For and sure. I was afraid of him going to Chicago for this reason. They held on to the former head coach and GM too long. Matt they Nagy drafted him. A huge mistake. Then they let them go after Justin's first year. Then you bring in a new regime and then things seem to be better. And then all of a sudden we've regressed and the roster is better. And I don't understand what's happening there. And now with rumors of them potentially getting rid of their head coach, depending on how tomorrow night goes, it is just a mess. And I wish that, Justin... That is a mess. It when, is when you, when you start talking about firing people, like, like and look, I, I, when coaches get fired, players get fired as well. Don't, right. don't ever miss this, right? So this is going to be a complete... Can, can Chicago withstand another four... Because that's what you're basically saying. Is that we're, We basically got another three or four years of being a laughingstock in, in the NFL. Like, that is a hard pill to swallow for. And you ruined his development right. from year one yes. to year two to yes. year three. And you're looking at the kid like, well, what are you? What is yeah. he supposed to be? Right. Yeah, but Jeff, I mean, you're saying that like they've been – they haven't been that already. No, I get it. You know I get it. But I'm just saying, been that well, that I'm saying when you go when you go get Justin Fields, you're thinking, okay, we've now we've now dug ourselves out. We're going to build pieces around no, him. I know. When you're talking about resetting that position as well, mm-hmm. you're talking about another two or three years for the development of that kid. That's what I mean by that. I'm not talking about because again, you get Justin Fields thinking I'm going to start putting pieces around him on our football team to to, to kind of you know to, to raise this thing up. At this point, you're resetting that position. That's right. a three-year. That's a three-year growth process as well. I'm with you. I mean, this was yeah. supposed to be the year where they did. That's that. right. And they're the worst team in the league oh, again. It's mm-hmm. ugly. Guys, you're the best. Thank you both so very mm-hmm. much for hanging around. As always, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Coming up next, fascinating scenario: two legendary coaches in complicated situations. We'll talk about them next on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement... 
Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists. Like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Brainstorm. What is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning? Noise-canceling headphones? Meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to all other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie all lowercase go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash greenie greenie the podcast all right greenie with you on espn radio presented by progressive insurance hashtag crew has assembled around us here Bubba, Cam, and Hembo all ready to go. A little breaking news here. Uh, The injuries at cornerback in New England have become a problem. They have traded for J.C. Jackson, who spent his first four seasons in New England. He comes over from the Chargers. That's from our own Mike Reese, who covers New England. And I I use it primarily because I want to set up a topic that involves them. So here's a really interesting conversation, I think, to have today. So Cam put in my rundown the other day, and I didn't get a chance to get it in, but he put in the rundown, should Mike Tomlin, should people be talking about his job security? Steelers haven't won a playoff game since January of 2017. They haven't been to the Super Bowl in 12 years. They haven't won the Super Bowl since 2008. They've been in the AFC Championship game once since 2011. And people will hang their hat the Mike Tomlin fans or supporters on the fact that he never has a losing season. My initial answer to that, or not even my initial, my direct answer to that is absolutely not. I think Mike Tomlin is an outstanding coach. However, there's another even more decorated coach who I think is, is arriving at a fascinating crossroads. And it is Bill Belichick. I think that the scenario going on in New England right now is the most interesting thing in football. Because you're talking about a guy who won six championships for your franchise 
You want to count on your fingers and toes the number of coaches in all sports combined who have done that for any city, any team. So Bill Belichick has earned more than maybe anyone ever the right to go out his way. However, at some point, someone is going to have to hold him accountable for the mess the Patriots have become. The phrase in Bill we trust is one we've used for a long time, and I've used it. I happen to think Bill Belichick is a football genius. I think he is the best coach I've ever seen. I think he has done things in games. The idea that people will put forth now that I firmly disagree with is that, see, it was all Brady, all Brady, all Brady. No, it wasn't. Belichick got so many things right. He was smarter, in my opinion, in-game coaching than any other coach I've ever seen. But here's the problem. Every decision he makes now that feels unorthodox, when you attach the phrase, well, in Bill we trust, he must know more than we do, it's been a long time since that applied. All these unorthodox decisions he's made, all of these personnel decisions that he's made, the ridiculous coaching job that he did last year, the, the, the way he divided up the responsibilities and gave Joe Judge and Matt Patricia the offensive coordinator role or whatever it is they actually titled it, they may have really screwed Mac Jones up, perhaps beyond repair. If not, it is certainly still something that seems to be affecting him. Bill may have really outsmarted himself. And they stink. You watch them play last week. I mean, they just beat the Jets last week because the Jets had nothing in that game. Literally nothing. That was Zach Wilson's, in, in what has been a career filled with low points, that was his lowest. That's the only game New England has won this year, and I'm not sure when they're winning another one. So the personnel is bad. The coaching decisions have been questionable. The in-bill we trust thing, I think, is starting to feel shaky. And if you own that team, you really have to start asking yourself, if this thing goes the way it looks like it's going, how does it end? What does the appropriate end look like for someone who has accomplished what he has? I mean, appropriate is the operative term there. And unfortunately, it is very unlikely that all parties here will get what they want. We'll be able to build an off-ramp to which everyone agrees upon. But the numbers are pretty loud. The numbers are these. The Patriots are 26 and 28 since Tom Brady left. And before Tom Brady took over in 2001, Bill Belichick was 41 and 55 as a head coach in the NFL. It's a 67 and 83 record across 10 seasons when Tom Brady was not his quarterback. I agree with you 100% that it was not all Tom. But When you do have the greatest quarterback of all time, what it does is raises the floor of your football team to such an extent that you can only be so bad. When you delete that from the equation, all of a sudden he's just like everyone else. I really enjoyed the analogy that Dominique Foxworth made on Get Up Today. What Bill Belichick does is increase your chances by 1%, like every game as a head coach. But if you're one of the worst teams in the league, all that does is get you to, I don't know, 7-10. and 10. And this season, I think they'll be lucky to get to 7-10. and 10. Oh, I think it would be a miracle for them to get to 7-10. and 10. Let, let me, very quickly, I should have had this ready. Let me go to their schedule. Let's see who they play coming up here. I'm getting it up right now. So right now they're 1-3. They're playing at home against the Saints this week. Do they win that game? I think so. Okay, then they go at the Raiders. They're going to win that. They should. Uh, the Raiders are terrible. And, and if anyone is... If Bill Belichick is the best coach in the world, Josh McDaniels may be the worst. He is an unbelievably good offensive coordinator who has just been a terrible head coach. 
Um, well, the more I look at their schedule, they got some winnable games. They get the Bills and Dolphins. That's division games. I don't see them beating either of them. But then Commanders, Colts, Giants, Chargers. So maybe they win some more games, and then it's not a conversation. If, if he goes 7-10, and 10, then this is not a conversation. This is a conversation that comes around if he goes 4-13. and 13. I'm not so sure because Robert Kraft said this offseason, in effect, th- there is a sense of urgency, and team success is our number one priority over any kind of individual success. And many speculated that that was a reference to Bill Belichick, who was still 29 wins shy of passing Don Shula, which we know has to be his his personal individual number one priority. The idea that Bill Belichick's going to get 29 more wins coaching for the Patriots at this juncture seems really far-fetched considering he doesn't have a quarterback. And he, as the general manager, has done a terrible job at, I think, building a roster around that quarterback. So I think if Bill Belichick is going to get 29 more wins for them... It's going to have to be some kind of compromise where Robert Kraft says, you're not going to be the GM anymore. Chris Carlin said almost exactly that, host of Carlin versus Joe here on ESPN Radio. He's like 30-some wins short right now. He's not getting home on that record. And it's not that Bill has to be fired right now, but what has to happen is they have to save their season somehow. And I don't see how they can when they have the players that they do. This, this is unsalvageable Combine that with what the schedule is coming up for the Patriots. Yeah, I think it's unsalvageable this year. I, I think they are the fourth best team in a four-team division. I, I think, and that that is even with Zach Wilson playing for the Jets, or at least Zach playing the way some semblance of the way he played last week. I don't want to get myself carried away. If Zach Wilson plays the way he played against New England, then they're the third best team. But they are by a wide margin the third best team. Miami and Buffalo are both way better than they are. Here's the thing. You entered this conversation talking about Pittsburgh. And I think at least fans of Mike Tomlin can sit and say the front office there has not done a a nearly good enough job in giving him the roster necessary to do high-level winning. In New England, you can only point the finger at one person. And now we're talking about a sustained, durable period of time in which the Patriots have been dreadful, or at least below average by their standards. And so that, to me, is the number one thing here, is you can't point the finger at anyone else except Bill Belichick, so there's nowhere, there's nowhere else to hide. All right, that's right. Uh, Greeny here with you on ESPN Radio. Uh, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Meanwhile, I have only one question. It was not planned, but I have a question. Can someone help me because this is bothering me like crazy? In the commercial break we just had, Cam, Bubba, Hembo, all of you. I was just sitting here fooling around on my phone like always, just looking. And uh, the thing popped up, and it had a trivia question on it. And that was, can you name the four teams in the NBA whose name has a letter Z in it? And I've got the Jazz and the Grizzlies, and I cannot come up with the other two, and it is driving me insane. Who are the other two teams in the NBA whose name has a Z in it? The Wizards. Wizards, that's three. Give me one more. It said there's four. Jazz, Grizzlies, Wizards. <laughs> I, this was not planned, but I literally cannot focus on the show until I get the answer to this question. Trailblazers. Oh, thank ah. God. Ah. Trailblazers. Thank you. Okay. That was, you ever have that? <laughs> you ever have like one of those things stuck in your head and I just couldn't, I had written it down. I had written down jazz and grizz on my little piece of paper here. And every time I looked down at the piece of paper, it reminded me that I couldn't think of the other two and it was driving me insane. That was going to bother you all day. <laughs> yeah. It so was. I'm glad you got it out. It, 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 it was bothering me so much that I'm glad I got it out. Okay. We have not one, but two rants of the day coming your way today. They are who we thought they were. Playoffs? Playoffs? You kidding me? You mean? The 
So uh, I'm so proud of us that we correctly forecast this would be the case, that if anyone was going to be down on the Taylor Swift thing, however one wants to define it in the NFL right now, it was going to be our buddy Chris Mad Dog Russo, uh, who, who came into our studio during Get Up Today, during a commercial, big hugs, everything. I, want, I always need to preface my conversations about Chris by saying I love the man. I love him. I admire him. I look up to him. I appreciate everything that he has meant. And so everything we say and every time we laugh, we are really doing it with him, not at him. Except it's hilarious when he says things like this. Chris, on his Sirius XM Mad Dog radio show, is sick of Taylor Swift, and he wants you to know it. Kansas City gets every call known to man, so I don't want to hear about the Chiefs. They get every call known to man. They have forever. And I've had enough of Taylor Swift. I said that last week. I'll say it again. Enough. 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 Again, Len Dawson, go to a history book. And, you know, maybe the NFL wants Taylor Swift to keep the Chiefs relevant. So, and not that they wouldn't be anyway, but we can go out there and we can see Taylor hanging out with Travis Kelsey for the next 50 weeks. I mean, is that the deal here? I got to sit there and see her in every booth known to a man. I mean, do you think she knows who Phil Sims is? Goodness <laughs> gracious. I mean, played in that site. Oh, my God, enough. My Even my daughter's killing me now on Taylor Swift. The Swifties have come after me. My God. So, Len Dawson. Read a history book. Phil Sims is, by his standards, a contemporary reference. Yeah, that was pretty good. That's someone who played in my lifetime. Like, I remember Len Dawson as one of the hosts of Inside the NFL on HBO when I was a kid with Nick (laughs) Bonacani. Now, obviously, I'm very aware who Len Len Dawson was. He quarterbacked the Hank Strand Kansas City Chiefs, for those who don't know, like Taylor Swift, obviously, according to Chris Russo, uh, to to Super Bowls 1 and 4. He won the, you know, Super Bowl 4. His big receiver was Bones Taylor. I mean, I know Everything there is to know about Kans- about Len Dawson, his famous picture of him smoking a cigarette at halftime of a football game. So I know Lenny Dawson like the back of my hand. What I'm saying is that's a hilarious reference for Chris Russo to make. And so the question is this. Who makes more ridiculously dated references, Chris Russo or Hembo? Baba, I think it's Hembo. Yeah. Hembo the other day used Nap Lajoie as a reference when candidly, I don't know that there is a human being outside this room who knows who Nap Lajoie is anymore. That's a way worse reference than Len Dawson. Right, you right? Know, I think they make the same amount if we're counting total because that, that's Russo's thing. He goes right to the sports reference. Right. But Russo is going 80s, 70s, 60s. Like He'll throw out Mickey Mantle. He maybe will go DiMaggio. He'll go, that's pretty, pretty much as far as he'll go. You know, Len Dawson, but Hembo is literally, he'll throw out 1800s baseball players, yeah. 1902. So I think they make the equal amount, but Hembo's is way, way more dated, I which agree. is crazy because Hembo is way, way younger. Like yeah. 30 years younger. Younger. Which you wouldn't expect when you hear the references. Yeah, so that's the point. Chris Russo was talking about things from last century, and Hembo was talking about things from the century before that. That, that, that's, I mean, that's when Nap Lajoie played. Oh, by the way, for all of you listening, Nap Lajoie played in the 1880s? He debuted in 1896. He, he debuted in 96? Oh, he's modern. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I know it was 1896. No, he, his career bled into baseball's modern era. Which is what? 1900. <laughs> 
It bled into the... <laughs> yeah, so Len Dawson was born in 1935. Right. Nat Blagiway, just on the heels of the Civil War. <laughs> so Len Dawson didn't even watch Nat Blagiway play. No, he didn't. Len Dawson never... He couldn't because there was no TV when Nat Blagiway played. He may have heard rumor of it in a newspaper. There was no other way. You couldn't watch it on TV and you couldn't fly to go see his games because there were no airplanes. Nat Blagiway was a greater legend. They never named that team the Kansas City Dawsons, did they? They named that team the Cleveland Naps, they though. Might it, they might name it the Kansas City Swifts soon. <laughs> Na- Nap died the same year Russo was born, in 1959. He lived a full life. I, I do wonder if Chris, however, is speaking for a large percentage mm. of hardcore, dyed-in-the-wool kind of old-school, traditional football fans. I, I don't know the answer to that. I think... I would say my father probably wouldn't like it. Now, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I, I always go back to my dad on these things because he was that. My dad was that. He was the dean of the old school sports fans, and so that's where I learned most of my stuff from. My dad would have a hard time because his granddaughter was the, his pride and joy, and she loves mm-hmm. Taylor Swift. She could not be more into, I had dinner with her last night, she could not be more into the Taylor Swift storyline and she's given me all kinds of references and reasons and dates and this and that and what well, you should have seen him do this song in concert all this kind of stuff was what we're talking about last night so i think my dad would maybe cut some slack because of her mm-hmm. but generally speaking i think he would not like the amount of attention she was getting at these games i think it's probably a generational thing i i'm also the kind of person i think that would be predisposed to not liking all this taylor swift stuff except for the fact that my wife is such a fan right so that that's the only but if reason. this was someone if this was happening with i'm just going to make up names here as ridiculous as it may sound miley cyrus uh-huh. of whom your wife maybe is not a big fan right would you be cursing at the tv every yes. time they went to the box yes the second time they showed her i would already be out so i think taylor swift is the only person that could get away with this it's an interesting question the only one. Is there anyone else? It's actually a very interesting question. We had this planned for a little bit later, but I guess I could throw it in just very quickly for right now. I have only one question. Is there anyone else who could attend NFL games regularly in the, in the scenario that she is doing that would attract as much attention which as li- with as little blowback as she is? Can I ask a follow-up here just quickly? Yeah. D- does, does this person have to be dating a player, or could it just be someone watching the games? Well, yeah, I think the dating is a huge part of it. Well, this. why would they otherwise be watching? Like, the fact that she is watching the games is connected to the right. dating so significantly. If you can give me another like scenario, I'm, my ears are open to it, but I can't think of one. Like, just say, like, fill-in-the-blank famous world leader at an NFL game. Yeah, I mean, there are famous example. people that go to games all the time. Time, right. But I think the wait, dating wait, wait, wait. part is, is what, what are you talking? I mean, are you suggesting if, if like Macron were to start coming to these games or Justin Trudeau? Right. Is there a, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. I'm just speculating who else might get the camera to pan to them once a quarter. Not nearly that much. I think Justin Trudeau wouldn't get a single pan. Not, not I mean, once. Maybe they'd show him one time sitting there chatting with Goodell and that would be it. I, I, I mean, I think. You could name 10,000 American people uh-huh. who would get more. I, I don't attention. think. I think if Taylor Swift just went to the game, though, and wasn't with associated with Travis Kelsey, she wouldn't be shown as much as she was. Interesting. If she, if she, if she was just there with mm. Hugh Jackman and uh, and the other and whoever that Ryan was, Reynolds yeah, and Ryan Reynolds, all the other guys, they would show her and be like, "Here are the celebrities at the game." It would just be like you know any Knicks game, and they show the people. It's a hundred. Taylor Swift true. has gone to plenty of events. Yeah. It's strictly because she's dating Travis Kelsey. Totally true. That's what I mean. What's Allegedly. Happening. Yeah. So I'm not 100% buying that, that either. That's the whole point of it all. Like, so it's what, what celebrity who's also dating a person would it impact? If Taylor Swift just went to a random game, they'd be like, oh, Taylor Swift's here. 
the, there's no way the cameras would show her more than three times. If Nap Lajoie was the there. The fact that she's going, if Nap Lajoie was there, then we'd really have a story. <laughs> and he's dating been dead Patrick for Mahomes. well over 100 years. <laughs> All right, we, I, we have some more ideas on that. We'll get to them. But coming up next, a very large group of people need to be called out, and we are just the ones to do it on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny, we roll along here on ESPN Radio. A reminder, the road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all the action here on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. So yesterday, of course, was day one of these playoffs. Some pretty interesting storylines, some pretty good games. Hembo was excited because his Phillies got themselves a win last night, which he desperately needed. But I do think we have to open with the attendance in Tampa Bay yesterday. So they played a postseason game yesterday in Tampa, and 19,000 people showed up. 19,000 and change showed up. That was the smallest attendance. For a baseball postseason game since Game Seven of the nineteen nineteen World Series between the Reds and the Black Sox. Well, let the record show. Yes, they weren't called the Black Sox, but they were because that was the World Series that was being thrown, and everyone generally knew it at the time. People weren't going to the games because they figured, well, these games are fixed; we won't bother going. And since then, there's never been a playoff game in baseball history that had fewer people in the seats than this. And I understand that 
there, it was 3.30 on a weekday. And I understand that the games were just scheduled a couple of days in advance. But that was true everywhere. That was true every place that the games are going to be played. Everyone knew they might have a game that day. Everything was yet to get figured out until the last couple of days of the season. I don't want to hear it. If, if you have a market that is supportive of a team, you do not have 19,000 people in the seats for the first playoff game. You just don't. I have two bones to pick. Uh, the first bone is with the fans. There is absolutely no excuse for there to be a postseason game in Major League Baseball in which almost not almost every seat is not filled. And especially, uh, I mean, 19,000 is not even close. Like, I was watching this game live. Sean McDonough, who was doing the play-by-play, was, was calling out the fan base, was openly mocking the fact that no one was there. There was no urgency in the building whatsoever. Like, I watched all four games yesterday. Only three of them felt like playoff games. It was a joke. My second bone to pick is with everyone who decided that Tampa deserves a baseball team, that South Florida deserves two baseball teams. Yesterday was proof positive that they do not, they unequivocally do not. Greeny, not only are they keeping the team, but they're building their new stadium basically in the exact same spot in St. Petersburg, which is like 20 miles from Tampa, and you have to drive through that like ridiculous causeway to even get there. Why are we doing this? We, we have 30 opportunities to put these teams exactly where they belong, where people want to watch baseball, where people love baseball. People don't watch or love baseball in South Florida, and especially in or in around the Tampa area. It doesn't make any sense in the world to me. And the fact that we have doubled down on the fact that there is a team there is a complete and utter joke, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and, and look, it's not defensible. Like, I'm hearing people trying to defend it. Well, it was 3.30 on a weekday. Well, that's a good thing that's never happened before. I guess there's never been a baseball game that was played in the afternoon on a weekday before. Well, the game was only scheduled a couple days in advance. Well, it's too bad that that hasn't only been happening for a century. These games don't get scheduled a year in advance. If I need to tell you three weeks in advance when a game is being played for you to show up, then you're making my point for me. So I'm 100% on your side. It's a joke. Major League Baseball cannot have a team in a place where 19,704 people come to a playoff game. There's another one today. I can't wait to see how many people are and are not there. But, like, unfortunately, of all the things that happened yesterday in what was otherwise a fabulous day for baseball, that was my single biggest takeaway, which is an absolute disgrace. It's, It's really a shame. By the way, if you miss any of our show, you can catch up on the podcast. We talk about it all the time. They do a really nice job with it. It's available daily wherever you get your podcasts. It's called... Hashtag Greenie. In the meantime, there's something I need you to know. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. Bubba and Cam, Hembo has a fan's dilemma. And I need you guys to help with this one because I'm kind of torn on what my advice is here. So Hembo has the following question. Go ahead, explain it. So around 7 o'clock last night, after we put the girls down to bed. That's little Michelle and, you know, the other one. That's right. We put the girls down to sleep. And I walked downstairs and noticed the fact that my wife, Lizzie, has put out two Phillies onesies for the girls to wear to daycare today. She's already laying out the clothes. Meaning she has laid out today's clothing yesterday before the first pitch That's right. of the Phillies game. The Phillies' first pitch was at 8 o'clock last night. This was around 7 o'clock. So I pushed back. I said, babe, you, you know this is bad mojo. This is, this is not the right—I mean, superstitiously, this is— this is against the rules. 100%. You can't lay out the uniform, which is effectively what they look like. They're like these white pinstripe uniforms almost with, that, are, that are onesies for babies. Before the game, like what if, what if they lose? Mm-hmm. Like this could be the reason the Phillies lose. 100%. Mercifully, 
The Phillies won. But, but did you put the first of all? Did you put the onesies back away? Did I, you fold them and put them where they usually rest until after the game? You and I both know that's a rhetorical question. I don't have the power to do that. That's true. You probably don't even know where they go in the first place. Correct. They wore them to daycare today. Okay. And we have a picture on the ESPN app oh, right now. Oh, that's nice. Look at that nice, cute picture of them in their little Philly shirts. This is this morning. Adorable. Okay. Adorable. The question, though, guys, is this. The Phillies won yesterday after my wife broke this unwritten rule. Does that mean... That every day, until the Phillies are eliminated, if they are ever eliminated, they need to wear this outfit. Because as you guys probably know, or would assume, these things get filthy every single day. Like, but you can't, a baby can't wear an outfit two days in a row. Which means we have to wash these every single day for the next month. Right. That's my dilemma. That's the question. Bubba, do the girls now, little Michelle and the little other one, do they need to wear these Phillies onesies every day that the Phillies, at minimum the, 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 the day after they play mm-hmm. or the day of games. Let's see, this was the day after a game and the day of a game. Right. I think bottom line is it just has to be every single day. If he's going to follow the fan rule, what do you think, Bubba? I mean, if you want them to win, the answer is yes. So I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what, what else the question is. Stock up on detergent. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, under normal circumstances for adults, you, you wouldn't be allowed to wash them. But I think we can give a pass for you know infants. Yeah, Bubba so, wore a Dak Prescott jersey for like six straight weeks last yeah, year. and it was not washed. But we'll allow you to wash these, Ew. which I think is fine. But, yeah. Look, there, we couldn't not wash no, them. Yeah, there's no way that they can't. I mean, we, we saw what happened literally last year with you and how you jinxed the team. Yeah, that's an important point to make, Greeny, is that I live in very close proximity to the baseball gods, right? And so the decisions that we make here have a direct impact on my team. Last year, I was the reason the Phillies lost the World Series. This was well established. This is documented. Now I'm trying to get uh, ahead of this early. Lizzie put these outfits out. They won. They're wearing them today. I I don't think there's a choice in the matter. I think they're wearing these every day. Unfortunately, I don't think I even told you this. Lizzie's leaving for work next week. It's just me and the girls. So it's going to be me to have to wash these clothes. Never once have I used our washing machine. So we're never used the washing machine? Not in our home, no. I have not washed a piece of clothing since I lived by myself in New York City. Ridiculous. Four years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... That's quite a thing. So what you're saying is that you're going to have to do that every single day. Yeah, for the first time, every time. I think that factors into this. Here's the thing I would say. Mm. I'm not sure it's more important that they win than it is that you not have to do this every single day. (laughs) Or is it possible to go out and buy all new ones, like one for every single day of the week? They need like 20 of those. We've got to get to the bottom of that as we continue in just a moment on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.